0: And bad habits, every time, they always come from wrong thinking. I've preached about the power of our thoughts. I've preached about the power of our thinking. Having a transformed mind. But when we have wrong, stinking thinking, it always messes us up. Individually, moms or dads. But it also messes up our home and those little ones that we so want to help. So this morning, I just wrote down seven habits needed for a mom. These are hard messages for me to preach because I ain't never, I know that's not right English, I ain't never going to be a mom. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just not in my DNA. And 10 years ago, I coerced my wife to come up here and preach with me. It was the funnest Mother's Day I had in all our life together. If you notice, she's not here today. It was the most stressful day for her. Boy, she exhibits Christ to me and our girls and our grandkids. But she does not like a platform. And some of you are like, man, bless that woman, me either. And some of us like a platform. I'm sorry, we just do. We like to run our mouth. Turn to the person next to you and go, okay, just say yeah. Some of us do, some of us don't. Some of us are just great. If nobody even talks to us today, that would be a good day, okay? So seven habits. Let's look at the first one. A mom must grow in her own love for God's word by taking time daily for a quiet time. That is so rudimentary. Next uh, In two weeks, I'll talk about the habits of a soul keeper. We'll dig into this even more. But I think about moms, you cannot impart that which you do not possess that which that you don't have depth in that you don't have value or or have substance and energy that you've put in then you can't give it away our evidence should be that your time with God is so precious that even those not to be on show but the kids that live in your home they just see that this is a priority for my mom that she loves God she loves God more than she does my dad she loves God even more than she loves me. She loves God more than she loves anything. And she will not come down from the wall of commitment to God. And so for a mom to be in God's Word, and I know it's very hard. I mean, I'm not a mom. I, I just, you know, I, I had a mom. Huh. Actually, I had two moms. My mom was killed when I was nine, and then I had a stepmom for years. And then I actually had a third mom, and then I had Donna's mom. And I love Donna's mom. This is our first year without her. So I'm hurting for my wife today because I know this is a hard day without her precious little mom Actually, she's our mama. She's Donna's mom. And I think about this this morning. I think about how important it is for you moms, as busy as you are, somehow saying, I've got to make a priority of God's word, that I've got to get some quiet time for you. I've got to take some time. And I know you're going, you're, you're a man. You said take some time for quiet time. And you women are going, quiet time? What in the rip is that? The only time I have quiet is when I lay my head down and I, and I pass out because I am tired. And then that kid, you know, just twenty-four-seven, man. I, I got looking at all this, and I thought, "That listen to this: napping is a proven health benefit for moms." And mom said, "That is the greatest thing you ever said." <laughs> Today, it would be great, guys, if we allowed our moms to have a nap. And somebody was like, "Well, that might disturb my nap." Well, let's put them first, okay? Uh, listen to this. It says moms that, I read this, moms that napped at least three times per week for an average of 30 minutes had a 37% lower coronary mortality risk than those who took no naps. Somebody's saying, I am quoting that right now. You don't to really have a heart attack now, let me sleep, okay? A study by NASA showed that a nap of 26 minutes, we're cutting it down a little bit, can boost performance for the mom by 34%. And then she can be more productive. Have you ever been just so tired, moms, that you just physically were exhausted, you were irritated, you were frustrated, but you were godly. And you were so tired and so mentally and so physically spent, you just wanted to close your eyes without your kids drawing on your face. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. See, sometimes you just get so tired. It's just life take a nap. You know, I don't understand it. As we get older, we revert, we go back to, I remember in school, we went to school and we had those little mats that you rolled up. Keith, thou shalt, I thought it was one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt lay down and be still and close thy eyes. And when we get up, we shall have milk and cookies. And I thought it was punishment. Oh, how I wish today that every office, which celebrate naps and cookies and milk. How about you? It ain't gonna happen, is it? But you do that for your kids. And moms, we wanna somehow try to figure out how to give you quiet time, ultimately with the father, that he can nourish and develop your soul. But also, just in a physical sense, to give you strength. I read this, that a mother loses about 350 hours of sleep a night over the baby's first year. Some of you said, 350, what stat did you get that from? I lost that in the first week. I mean, you know, man, it's exhausting. You know, as we get older, and then maybe you have the grandkids, you keep them some, and they go, 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 go. And what do grandparents do? Joy, 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 joy. Then you go, are you ever going to give it up? Go to sleep. And isn't it a blessed thing, Mom, when you're riding down the road and you look in the back seat, and little princess or little prince has fallen over with his head or her head asleep. Isn't that a good sign? And somebody just said, this is my quiet time right now. On the road, maybe that's a time that in this season, busy season of life, that you find that's a time to pray with your eyes open, driving down the road, talking to your Heavenly Father, maybe listening for little impressions because of all those sleepless nights of pregnancy and those teething and headaches and sickness and own and on. I mean, I'm just amazed about moms, how much they give and how much little do they tend to get back from us so many times. So maybe today will think, God, help me to help my mom keep a quiet time. Maybe you're a teenager going, she's here for me, isn't she? Doesn't she serve me? No, not always. Maybe we could serve her. Maybe you got the little ones, you see the point that I'm trying to prove today. At the end of the day, I just pray that right beside number one, I'd write it there. Lord Jesus, would you refresh my mom? That's a simple prayer, isn't it? Jesus, refresh my mom. Refresh her soul today, God, because you're a life-giving God. You're you're mighty. Look at, look at the Psalm 145, verse 18, right at the top of your worship, God. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to those that call on him in truth. Heather, you're not going, are you? Okay, okay. I just saw Heather got up, said, man, having a baby. Okay, sorry. Just, sorry. I, I said that out loud. Okay, let's continue to go. Okay, here we go. So, we want to pray that we get consistency there praying for them. Secondly, mom's life is so much better when she laughs some. How many of you enjoy laughing? The rest of you, you just an ogre? What's well, the problem? I love to laugh. I love this house because it's somber. It's holy. We talk about the things of God. We worship God. We're broken. We're repentant. We're tearful, and we're also joyful, and we're happy. And I love to hear y'all laugh. I also love to hear the holy hush of the Holy Spirit. When you're quiet and you're convicted, you're being transformed, you're reflecting on the goodness of God. But I got to think about this point a lot. That sometimes it's just so bad you just want to cry. Maybe you do cry, I don't know. And yet I find that sometimes when we can find the ability to laugh, it just somehow releases the stress. And I didn't put the verse down, but I want you to write down Proverbs 17, 22. This is what it says, we are told a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and modern science has confirmed what ancient text, what ancient scripture has told us for years, that laughter is good medicine for the soul. Laughter is good for what ails us. We just need to laugh more. There's something about the ability, the gift that God gives us when we laugh. It just kind of cleanses us. It just refines us. It refreshes us. And yet I know so many Christians, they're so serious all the time. And there's all, there's definitely a place for us being very serious and sober minded in our faith. Oh, I want you to be there. I want to be there. But then there's those times that we laugh, and it's okay to laugh and and to enjoy the gift of God, enjoy the gift of humor. You know, I I got to thinking about some of the benefits of laughing. Laughter comes, and when it does, you gulp in large portions of air. Therefore, by oxygenating your blood, how about that for laughter? That's a pretty cool factor, huh? Laughter decreases the stress hormones in your body. You're like, I need to get rid of them some way. That's a one way to laugh. Laughing strengthens the immune system, the scientists have told us. It's just healthy for us. When we laugh, we release chemicals called endorphins, and they just make us happy. They just make us healthier. They're just producing in that. And I read this. This is interesting. One minute of laughing burns the same number of calories as six to 10 minutes on the treadmill. Which one would you rather do? (laughs) Laugh or get on the treadmill? And then I kept thinking, I was just all into this laughing because laughing improves our systems. It improves the blood circulation in us. It's just healthy. God created it. It even reduces pain. I found that when we laugh, it distracts us. I was in the hospital with Debbie this week a couple of times, Sunday and one day this week. And there with Debbie, and we distracted her by the gift of laughter. Oh, we had times of reflection. We had time of prayer. We had a time of just listening, but we laughed, and it was neat just to see her laugh, and she even talked about how, hey, hey, this is helpful. This does distract me. Here's something I think about laughing. laughing. Sometimes we need to befriend some people that have the gift of just being a joke, of being a laugh. I mean, do you know some funny people? I have some funny people in my life, and I just like to be around them. They just make me laugh. Sometimes I'm like, man, are you ever serious? But they just laugh, and it's just infectious, and it's good. But then here's just another real practical way. I mean, there's not many sitcoms on anymore, especially 30-minute ones or things that are funny. Everything's shooting up and blah 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 blah. But there's this one that Don and I have, and I have just kind of found, and it's a 30-minute. When you DVR it, it's only 20 minutes, so you don't get to laugh long. And I noticed that me and her laugh more during this show than anything we've ever that we've watched in years. It's called Kevin Can Wait. You ever watched it? The guy's a goofball. That's all I can tell you. But he has a gift. And then sometimes, and you have to watch this guy, he claims the name of Jesus, but then I've heard he can go the other way. But when he works for these little kids, you ever watch Steve Harvey anytime with these little kids? And I just sit there and I laugh. And everybody goes, you shouldn't be laughing, you're a Christian. You should be serious all the time. I think Jesus laughed. Now, Scripture doesn't give us a verse. And Jesus walked over the hill and he bursted out in laughter. That would have been a cool verse. But I think he did laugh. I mean, look at the guys that hung around him. They were odd, weird, a lot of things. But I bet they had some funny things that they did too. And yet, when we get to heaven, I, I just, I'm just trying to build a case that it's okay that we can do this. Job 8.21, listen to the scripture. He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. God, that's what I pray. Today, would you fill moms with laughter this day about life? Life with us, life with their kids life with their grandkids. I've never found anybody that doesn't enjoy laughing. I mean, it's just fun to not laugh. There's something wrong there. Third, moms need to practice. And this is a great, I know some of you are going, man, he's preaching a mother's day message. I'm a man, hear me, whatever. And you already went, Hey, this ain't bad. This is something I can apply to my life. Look at the third one. Moms need to practice daily gratitude. So many of you moms do this so well. You're a grateful person and you just, uh, you just do it in a great way. Look at this next. I think there's a little silhouette that's going to come up. Yeah. Just, you know, as I look at that, I just, I don't know. I just, it's a good image for me. But I, wanted, I want you to think about this. Daily gratitude. How, how grateful are you? How do you reflect on how God has enriched, how God has blessed, how God has added into your life? How have you acknowledged the goodness of God? How have you thanked God even this day? As I was up this morning praying, I was thanking God for Donna and and the mom that she is to our girls and the example that she has been to them to model Christ. I was thanking God for her mom and the joy that we had and all the years we had with her and all the fun times, and we were grateful for that. And then I started thinking about my mom, my stepmom, and my mom, and and I think about your moms, and I think about you. And today I just pray that we would be grateful and that we would uh, just maybe share that with one another. Today's kind of easy to do because maybe you'll be together. Maybe you'll have a meal today. I hope you will together. And I hope you'll just be grateful. The scripture says in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse uh, 16 through 18, it says these words. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that whole theme is there rejoice, be joyful, be laugh. You have some laughter in there too. But give thanks. Give thanks to the Father for the good gifts that he's given you. And this day, the good gift of grace, primarily the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ, and God's church said, and God's church said, I mean, that is the gift, the gift that we are redeemed, the gift that our sins are forgiven, the gift that we will go to heaven and spend eternity with Jesus Christ. Man, that is joy unspeakable. But also, on a tangible, horizontal plane, God, I'm grateful for Mom because this morning as I put on my shoes, I thought of all the mornings I would have done that. This morning I even got to do it twice. I put on my shoes and then my grandson came in and he got barefooted and he was running around. He says, hey Pop, I think I'll just go barefooted. His dad was in here leading worship practice and his mom was not quite here yet with the little one. And I thought, no, you're not either. Come here. Let's put his shoes on. So I put his shoes on. But I got to thinking as I put my shoes on early this morning, I just started reflecting about the power of moms and my moms and how I loved them and how they made a difference and how I always seemed that I was going to have them. And you would think a boy that lost his mom at nine years old would have realized more than the common man about the brevity of life and that it studied the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. But this morning, it's like God just dropped it in my heart and said, I love you, son. And yet, I, in my spirit, I was just like, man, I just wish I had one more day with Donna's mom. You ever, you ever been there? Just one more day with your mom? I thought about all the days she had lived in our home and we had laughed. Because I got to tell you, we laughed at the table. I picked on that woman. And she did not get a free card for me. I picked on her all the time. She never really picked back at me. Bless her heart. I repent now. But I loved her. She loved me. She, she loved to laugh. She thought, I don't know if she told Donna when I left, like, I know he's a preacher, but he's just a goofball. You know, couldn't you have done better? No. I don't. Well, I mean, Donna could have done better, but I mean, you know. But, you know, but she used to tell me, she goes, I love you. I go, oh, I love you too, Jan. Now I'm going to pick on you some more. Let's quit being mushy. Okay. Four. Moms need to throw off their worry. I hope this next slide comes up. I just love that. Isn't that fun? That's just a great image, you know? Doesn't it look like your house? Yeah, you're cooking something. You got a a, a sink full of dishes. You're like, we didn't even put the soap in our dish. Food all over. Baby screaming, man. And did you notice what they got to the ear? Being on that phone, you know? And they must not have been talking to anybody really good because there's not a big smile on their face, okay? But I didn't say about worry, worry, worry. It's just so easy. So let's just look at a, a little quick verse, 1 Peter 5, 7. The Scripture admonishes us to cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Man, that is a verse for everybody in this room. This is for moms, but it's for all of us. This, more, this week I was meeting with a pastor. I have a lot of pastor friends in Montgomery that I meet with, and we encourage one another, and we pray for each other's churches. And I was praying for him, and, and this is a verse they'll always share. Hey, you, you know... I'm just a 1 Peter 5 7 guy. Every time I meet with him, he goes, You know, I'm just a 1 Peter. Five. I'm like, I know. And he goes, Cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares for you. And then he smiles. And I'm like, Well, praise God. I'm using that verse this weekend. But you're right. It works. Man, God, I'm, you moms, you're stressed out. Cast them on Jesus. In Psalm, the 27th chapter, the first three verses, I read this this week and I just thought, The Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear, Mom? I added mom in there. It's not in there. The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, and even then I will be confident. That's what I pray, moms, that Jesus will be your confidence, that he'll rise up when the army of life Even the army in your home rises up against you. May you be blessed with the confidence of the Almighty. Isaiah said in the 41st chapter, the 10th verse, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. I love that God makes it right, that God undergirds us, that God sustains us, that God strengthens us when we trust In him. Lord, I think about today when, uh, well, I think about when my grandkids today, I remember my kids, but I remember even if I think really back in the recesses of my mind, decades and decades ago, when my dad or my mom would pick up me and comfort me and draw me near to their chest, that was a good day. That was a safe place. It was our oldest granddaughter is getting a little older now, just finished pre-K. But I love when she comes in and says, Pop, I need you to hold me. And I don't go, you know, Ramsey, I was thinking about that. I don't think so. (laughs) Dude, I run to her, back aches and all, and I swoop her up. That's my girl. I still remember when I couldn't do that for Rachel and Hannah, and that broke my heart. They were a little pitiful and walked all in. Man won't hold me. Well, baby, you know, you weigh more than 30 pounds now. It's just a little hard to just pick you up. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if you walked in and everybody just picked all the men, just picked up all the women? Let's don't do that. I don't suggest that. But there was something about holding that little girl, holding those little boys close to you. I love it. Worry, worry. We worry. Second Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. God, you want to help us to stop worrying. And I read this, I thought it was interesting, three common anxiety triggers when we worry too much. And I read this, and right now you'll get mad at me, but this is a scientific research, so don't shoot at me. I'm just the messenger. Number one, and I don't like it because it kind of makes me happy, but it says, if you have a lot of worry and stress, eliminate the caffeine because it's a trigger in your life. Switch to decaf, folks. I don't know, switch to a Mountain Dew caffeine-free diet. That's what I do. Everybody goes, what is the point? Because when you got this much energy, you don't need caffeine. (laughs) Actually, I like the caffeine. It's just all my friends around me go, we can't handle the caffeine, bro. Here's another thing that triggers worry, dehydration, get hydrated, sleep deprivation. You women, and we've already talked about that, you understand. Look at Fifth, move quickly. Moms need to find rest. Oh, I've really covered that, but I think about how much our moms need physical, spiritual, emotional rest. Rest for the journey, that we pray that they would get that. You know when that kid experiences a temper tantrum and they go berserk, and you go, it ain't my kid. Somebody else's. No. You own them, not with pride and joy. I think even this morning, I think I saw a dad walking a kid to the bathroom. I, I thought when I first saw him, I thought the kid had to go to the bathroom quickly. But then it looked like they were having words. I said, I think they're going in there to look at the color of the paint on the wall and have a talk. I've always wondered why kids at Christ Community hate the bathroom. I think I know why now. Because they get paddled in there. I'm an advocate of that. I think that's good if they need it. Okay, so let's keep going. Emotional frustration, tiredness, worriedness. Moms need rest. And yet, you moms, let me just go ahead and address you. Go ahead. Let's be honest. Some of you moms have guilt if you get rest. There's some pride there if you get rest. And you sabotage your own ability. And I pray that us as men would work with you and help you to get some needed rest for your soul, for your body, for your spirit. Lord, encourage our wives today by your great spirit and give them grace and help us to stay true to them and to help them. To- uh, we're talking about how we want to combine our actions with word and truth and that we want to make a difference. And so as I was looking at that, I thought about the scripture in 1 John three eighteen. Listen to God's word. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Man, that's a verse you could just think about this week and begin to meditate on and say, God, help me to be an action-oriented mom. Help me to be an action-oriented believer in Jesus Christ that I run after you in deep, passionate relationship, Jesus. I want to follow you. Now, had this mic just waited a minute, it could set me up for this, because I want you to watch this. I, I am so proud of Josh and his professional videographer abilities. But I'm really grateful for the subject of his video and her ability to write. He told me, he said, she did the whole thing. She storyboarded this. This is an amazing testimony of somebody that loves Jesus and is purposing, not perfect, but to follow Christ. I want you to watch our own, Kelsey and her family. Watch this with me. <laughs> That's the freezes we love.
1: Love covers over a multitude of sins. She shows her children the love of Christ, not only by the way she loves them, but also by the way she loves those around her. She is intentional about loving and serving others. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, Sacrifices her time and her comfort. She places others above herself. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh with the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She walks. Beauty is sleeping, but a woman who fears the Lord
0: is to be praised. Let's put our hands together. Thank you, Mom. I know when that thing first started with a little angelic host of people following her, I went, This thing's going to get crazy. And it did. Great job, man. I love that. How many of you are encouraged now? Amen. Well, I want you to be let 's just move and we 're going to land this plane point seven moms learn to live your life with passion or you will produce an apathetic generation it 's one of the things I love about christ 's community is all the young families that we have today and that we 've had over the years, and so many of you have purposed in your heart to follow Christ and to model Christ and And to serve other kids here at the church, and we always need more to be models for Jesus as we raise up little ones and help their moms and dads. And yet we need to evaluate. Are we apathetic? Have we grown cold? Have we grown dull? Or is there a fire in our soul? Have we oxygenated our lives? where we really are serving Christ and making Him known? And then just some evaluation questions maybe you could write down. Just ask yourself, what am I most passionate about? And if you can't find that out, ask your spouse, ask a friend. They'll, obviously, they'll know the answer. They'll know what you're passionate about, and they'll go, this is what I think about when I think of you. This is the passion of your soul. Another evaluation question just to ask is, am I satisfied? Am I satisfied with the life that I'm now living, with the amount of passion that somehow is there that I'm trying to build up and be a part of a holy remnant of a holy generation that exalts Christ? to the world and to the city, and right now, importantly, to my home and to my church, am I satisfied? And then a third question, quickly evaluation is, oh, God, then what needs to change? Is there anything that needs to change? And we could just ask the Lord and then somehow over this next week sit still and see if he would reveal to us if there's some things that we need to change and let him transform in our life to get us to a spiritual temperature that's hot for him, that's passionate about the claims of Christ. So, Lord, help us to be like the moms that we read about in Scripture, Eunice, and, um, and, and different ones. And I, I just think about, I, I could have done ten moms a day scripturally. I mean, there's so many things you can uh, research about the, the, uh, the moms of Scripture and the holy life that so many of them le- lived before us that we read about. But here's what I'll say. I applaud the job that you're doing, and I want to encourage you. And so many of you have so many things. Your kids are very academic, and you've worked hard to help them develop keen minds, that they might develop a a, a great mindset, they might get into a great university, that they might get a a really great education, they might get a good job. Man, that is great. And then you've helped them develop other qualities in your life, and, man, that is fantastic. But here's what I know. At the end of the day, when they're 24, 34, 44 years old, and they could have been top of their class or they could have been the bottom of their class. But the thing that you're going to really most want to know, whether they made the A in calculus or they flunked calculus or they flunked general math or whatever, is are they walking with Christ? I pray is a house of faith we'll go, you know, I really wanted them to know Christ in his fullness. And then they would then begin to model that to me. Don't let our passion cool down before Christ. Before he comes again, that we just say, Lord, I want to be all I can be for you. I want to cultivate that in my life. I want to be passionate about you. So, this morning, uh, Jeremy, if you'll come to the piano as we get ready to land this thing, today we just looked at seven quick habits to being a godly mom. And then we watched a great video testimony of one of our own that has struggles that. Admittedly, right up front, she goes, I cling to, I need my Savior's leadership in my life. And the church said, and that's for all of us. Nobody has this mom thing down or this dad thing down. We're just struggling. But together, we can overcome. Together, we're more. Together, we're the church of the living Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, I'm... Grateful for our minutes together today, for this time of worship. And, uh, Lord, I just want us to be about you and to follow you with all our hearts. And, Lord, that um, when we're raising our children, realize that when we pour into them, we're also impacting future generations, our grandchildren and great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren. But, God, our lives matter to you. Our lives impact now, but they impact future generations. God, we praise you today, God, for our moms And Lord, for the ones that maybe have been a poor example, maybe they've fallen, maybe they've been all caught up in addiction or themselves, God, we pray for grace to forgive them. But God, for the ones that have been a good example, we give you thanks, Almighty God. But Lord, today, today is a new day. This is a day that the Lord hath made. Help us to rejoice and be glad in you, Father, and thank you for our moms and show appreciation and value them today. And then tomorrow, value them. And then next week, and six months from now, we value our moms. And Lord, give our moms courage to follow Christ. Give our moms faith to follow you faithfully. God, we love you. We thank you for the house of God. We thank you for all the moms that are here. Smile upon them. Grant them grace in their hour of need. And oh God, fill tables today with memories. Fill it today with laughter. Fill it with the presence of Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, moms, go and be blessed today. Everybody have a great afternoon. We'll see you real soon.